0: Our scripture today is from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 29, through chapter 12, verse 2. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were on dry land, but when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the the prostitute did not perish with all those who were disobedient because she had received the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, for whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground, yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better, so that they would not, without us, be made perfect. This is the word of the Lord.
1: So I asked last week how many of you are watching the Olympics, and I expect the number has gone up, right? There's been a little more um, interesting stuff going on this past week. Uh, I don't know what your favorite um, sport is, but I'm thinking water polo has to be. the dumbest, um, right up there next to the uh, coordinated swimming or whatever it is, the aerobic uh, swimming. Uh, some of that's just meant for TV. What, what's that? Synchronized. There we go. I can tell who watches it. I mean, it's not beach volleyball. That's Bill's favorite. But there, uh, there are some interesting uh, events and and different things that are on there, and it's getting more around to the track and field here pretty soon. So. Um, that's where I think it gets really exciting. But how about that uh, Simone Biles? Uh, Hasn't she been thrilling to watch? I mean, just amazing. Her Olympic accomplishments have been inspiring, especially in light of the uh, Olympic challenges that she has faced in her life. As you may have already learned about her, Simone entered foster care after her mother Uh, who was addicted to drugs and to alcohol, could no longer care for her. Her grandparents stepped in and uh, set out to adopt and to raise her, and you see them there cheering her on. Uh, But when she was six, while on a daycare trip to uh, the gymnastics um, location there close by their school, Uh, She began to do some gymnastics there, and the instructors noticed right away there was something different about this girl, and they encouraged her to come back. And the rest is history, as they say. She would continue overcoming challenges in life as well as in the gym, becoming the greatest gymnast of all time. And I I don't think there's any argument about that at all. Uh, She has definitely made her mark. And so watching her makes us want to go out and do something great, right? Easier said than done. None of us here are Olympic athletes. All of us here are involved in a race. And it is an even more important race than we see on TV. It is one beyond Olympic proportions. And that's how the author of Hebrews described the Christian life for his audience, to the people that he was writing to in Hebrews chapter 11 and 12. Very interesting uh, shift that takes place there in chapter 12. But as he writes, the, or he or she writes the words, Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. The author, likely inspired by the Olympics, and we do remember that uh, the Olympics go way back, uh, even before this time. And uh, some of those medals that Mark Phelps uh, broke were, uh, I think one was 152 uh, B.C. And uh, if, you, if you look at that and just think about how amazing uh, these Olympic races are. And so the authors here uh, in the New Testament, especially Paul, and for this reason some people think Paul wrote Hebrews, Uh, I don't think there's sufficient evidence for that, but it does sound a lot like Paul. It definitely was someone who was very interested in sports, uh, much like Paul. But they used their imagery of a foot race as a fitting description of the Christian life. And so the church receiving this letter would have understood the comparison, being familiar with Olympic races as well as the rigors of living in their context as followers of Jesus. The author reminded them of just how difficult it could be in referring to the kinds of things that have happened to their ancestors and to their fellow Christians who lived out their faith in Christ. As you've already heard this morning, some were sawed in two. I was trying to think of a good sermon title I could use uh, and focus on being sawed in half, but I, I couldn't come up with one. Uh, although there were some pretty good graphics for that. But think about that. These people, because of their belief in Jesus, were tortured and persecuted, and some sawed in two. If the author was trying to recruit new adherents to the church, he or she had a terrible marketing plan. The harsh reality of living as a follower of Jesus for them was evident every day. So the author set out with the encouragement of a dutiful coach to bring out the best in them and to challenge them to keep on running the race of the Christian life. The author informed them how to keep on running, recognizing that they were surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Thank you, Kyle. I don't think he knew I was preaching on cloud of witnesses. Uh, But we do have a cloud of witnesses that is all around us but to also uh, throw off sin and by running with perseverance and looking at the example of Jesus, as the author says, as the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Jesus was the model for them for how to focus on the joy that was set before them while in the midst of the agony of the race that they were living day by day. As Christians today, we are to hear in this text the challenge to keep on running this race that we have joined and we have signed up for when we became followers of Jesus Christ. When we made that decision as individuals, we joined into that race and realized that it's not always easy. And it is the race of our lives, is it not? It is a race requiring the kind of faith like we have heard about here in Hebrews. If you look throughout what is referred to as the, uh, the Hall of Fame or the Hall of Faith that's there in chapter 11, you see just the incredible, and, and some of those were mentioned uh, by Bonnie in the, the reading this morning, uh, incredible stories of people who lived out their faith. If you look in Fox's Book of Martyrs, Uh, It's a very interesting book about those similar to those in chapter 11 who were willing to die for their faith and to die in the name and the love of Jesus Christ. As followers of Jesus, we encounter many challenges along the way in our race as we move to the finish line. There is discomfort, spiritual lethargy, indifference, self-centeredness, enemies, there's fear, and that's something that we hear a lot right now in the presidential uh, race, as well as in the events of the world. These things that bring about fear, almost to the point of being in a mode of anxiety all the time, wondering what is going to happen next. And I'm not just talking about the Trump campaign, although we do wonder every day what's what he's going to say. At times, we may wonder why we are even in this Christian race. Have you ever thought that? You set out and you think, I don't even know why I bother, because the good that I try to do just seems to come right back on me, and I end up doing something I didn't want to do, just like Paul expressed so many times. So how exactly are we to run this race? Well, as we look at this scripture, first, we are to run it with the encouragement of those who are in the stands, those who are the cloud of witnesses, have you noticed uh, the different uh, the parents, especially of uh, some of the swimmers and uh, the, the uh, gymnasts, and, and you see the parents squirming and moving around and uh, you know biting their nails and, and just really going through a terrible time as they're watching. We have a cloud of witnesses that are in the stands, so to speak who are surrounding us. Our faith has a rich history with plenty of examples of people who have endured challenges. And the list of them is a long one and full of stories that we need not forget. We need to think about them. We need to give thanks to God for them as they've gone on before us. And we need to hear them say to us words of encouragement To cheer for us as we race. Maybe it is someone that's mentioned in that chapter 11. Maybe it is someone that uh, has mentored you. Maybe uh, a grandmother or a mother or a father or someone who has helped shape your life as a Christian. And you can hear them cheering you on or you ought to hear them cheering you on from heaven because that is the beautiful description that we have here. But second, we are to run with a model. When I was in track and I was running, uh, we would, our coach typically would have a pace setter that would be there. I, I ran uh, the mile and, and long-distance races, and so if the coach wanted to work on our pace, he would have a pace setter who would run alongside or inside of the track to uh, set the pace for the rest of us. And so we had a model. We had somebody we were looking to. And we have a model today. And there is no greater model for us than that of Jesus, who is the pioneer. It's a great word for Jesus. The pioneer and perfecter. We have imperfect faith. Jesus is the perfecter of our faith. And so when we feel weak and faithless and that we can't go on, Jesus is there to support us and give us faith. We are to observe how he entered the race, how he trained, how he was challenged at every turn by other people, and even at times, I think, by himself. We are to take note of what he did to buffer the temptation to take shortcuts and to quit. And if you ever think Jesus didn't want to quit, Look at his last prayers there in the Garden of Gethsemane. As he asks uh, for, for God to, uh, to take this away. As he asked God, where have you gone? Why have you forsaken me? Jesus understands where we are when we want to quit. We are to consider his passion for the race, and we are to consider his passion for running. Even more, we are to note how he finished the race. A third way we are to run with faith is to remember that there is a joyful finish line. And we put a lot of focus around here on our earthly existence and the work that we have to do in this world. And we talk a lot about the Lord's Prayer and how we are to bring a bit of heaven into this world. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, just as it is in heaven. And so we put a lot of energy into being earthly minded, not just heavenly minded. And that's rightly so. We ought to do that. But we must not forget that our time here is short and it will come to an end. And this realization for us, it's not a morbid thought. It shouldn't be a morbid thought. It is the reality that we are working up to something big, something at the finish line that is way beyond our present pain, and inconvenience, and labor. It is the awareness that what we are doing now matters for this world and eternity. I talked to Penny Durham, who uh, has attended our church uh, in the past, and her husband uh, had been very ill with cancer and uh, was at home taking care of him uh, instead of, of being able to come to church. And I remember when we started the church, we were praying for him. This was, what, six years ago, and uh, he, he made it onto our prayer list, and we would pray for him. And he died uh, just uh, a week and a half ago or two weeks ago. And I, as I was talking to her, uh, right after I, I learned of his death, uh, she said, you know, it, it's difficult for us, but we are at peace, uh, because we recognize that, that he is with God. And, and she described how he kept hanging on, that he hadn't slept in, in days, but he kept hanging on. And she said he never wanted to let go because he wanted to make sure Marissa, who they had taken in to live with them and raised, uh, they raised her just like a daughter, that he always wanted to make sure she was going to be okay. And I think that is a great description of this kind of work, of it's not quite time to let go of what we need to do in this world, but at the same time, we recognize that when we do, there is great joy ahead, that it is such an improvement on this world that we're living in, and it is the contemplation of the joy that is awaiting us when we finish the race when we get to sit down and notice that Jesus sat down, he was finished, right? In fact, he says it is finished. He enters into the, uh, the joy of heaven and sits down at the right hand of God. He was done with what God had called him to do. And we have that joy before us as well. And you may feel like sitting down Actually, you are sitting down right now, but you may feel like sitting down in the Christian life. But you'll get to sit for all of eternity. God has called you here and needs you here to work. And one day you will join with Jesus at the right hand of God when you finish. This past April, Sheila Grant ran in the London Marathon. And it was the first time she ever ran a marathon and something that she had always wanted to do with her life. She entered this marathon for her grandmother who had just been re-diagnosed with breast cancer. And Sheila was making progress in the race, just moving right along and then falls at mile 11, fracturing her ankle. Though she didn't understand it was fractured at that point. But she didn't let this stop her. She said, it was extremely painful, but I hoped it was just a sprain and I could run it out. So my friends and running buddies, Paul and Matthew, literally picked me up off the road and immediately started me running on it again at, uh, at pace for the remaining 15 miles. As she reflected on the race and as she told uh, London newspaper, there wasn't a chance I was stopping after all the support, sponsorship, and training that I had. It's the encouragement from the crowd, both close friends and complete strangers, cheering you on that make it special and really, really lifted my spirits when I was in a tremendous amount of pain. And she says, in fact, I couldn't stop smiling all the way around. It really was a day I'll always remember. That's how the Christian life is sometimes, isn't it? Things are going well, and all of a sudden, you fall flat on your face. Some people stay down and never get up, never finish the race. Others get up with the help of other people, and they push through the pain, and they finish the race that God has called them to run. And that's what the author of Hebrews challenged his readers to do, and that's what these words are to do in our Christian lives today. And so I say to you, keep on running, getting help from other people who have gone before you and looking forward to the joy ahead. Let's pray.